had a doozy of a day. Oh my god. Have you had a doozy of a day? Yes. That's how I feel about <laughs> That's how I feel about every day I ever have. Like, wow, we made it through another one. In fairness, my days were never quite as intense as Tucker and Dale had. Those That's poor true. baby boys. <laughs> I would just sit down and cry. Oh my god. Um. Like, the fact that Tucker, like, after the bee stings, I'm out for the day. Like, I'm done. I'm lying down. But he just kept going in the name of friendship. He is a very good friend. He's a good friend. Uh, and boyfriend. I feel like this movie... Oh, we're talking about Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. And we're the spooky second Miss <laughs> uh, I'm Rebecca. I'm Abby. We're an intersectional feminist podcast. About horror movies through an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, uh, intersectional lens. and Proud poor people. Proud poors. PPs. Um, and yeah, Tucker and Dale are comrades, um, are brothers <laughs> in union organizing, <laughs> and like defeating classism. I love them. Um, yeah, this movie is very funny. I've seen it like... Four, five times. It's Caesar's favorite horror movie. I, I think. think it still um, like stands up. Obviously, it's problematic, but 2010, like considering it's, it's 2010, it's doing an okay job of holding up. I think. Yeah, it could be uh, less misogynistic, less objectifying, um, like female bodies, but you know, it does. I think I'm gonna argue it does more good than harm. I agree. So. I think net uh, net positive for Tucker and Dale. Um, yeah. I wish it was queer. I wish that they were gay because um, it seems like they're heading in that direction for a little while. I'm not sure how Tucker identifies. Seems I think like, Tucker is queer coded. Um, yeah, it seems like he might be in love with Dale, but he understands that he's Dale like Dale is will never love me that way. <laughs> But also, even though it's not as queer as it could be and we'd like it to be, it's still a positive model of, you know, healthy masculinity and healthy male friendship, I would say, which I think people in this world really need. Young young men, boys. Young men. Old men. Boys. All men. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I wish we could get, like, just a fun movie about, like, women friendships that aren't like and then one of them dies or something you know or like yeah, totally. I wish it could just we could have a fun time where they make Dale. it to the end both of them yeah yeah and it isn't like yeah or one of them betrayed the other one and female friendships are toxic and actually, like no but. one's implicated in any murders at the end of the day right yeah they talk about like Getting away scot-free. I definitely feel like maybe they would have gone down for a manslaughter. There are dead bodies, like, literally their property. Literally their property, yeah. <laughs> um, but His somehow... Poor, poor boy's vacation home. He's just trying to take, take a break and kick back. Sorry, I have to take my headphones off. My glasses are fucked. That's cute. Glass, glass adjusting time. Here it is. Okay, I'm back. Um... Okay, so let's get into the plot. Uh, so yeah, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, 2010, directed by Eli Craig. Do you know who Eli Craig is? He directed Zombieland. He's the son of Sally Field. <gasps> I know. <laughs> I love Sally Field. Who I doesn't? Know that. Sally Field is wow. the best. 
Oh my gosh. I know. It's, okay, I've never seen Little Evil, but um, I like Adam Scott. I could watch it. I guess I, th- I don't like kids. You know. You don't like kids. I think that's the whole point. Is that it's like kids are evil, but then he like learns to love them. Adam Scott looks a lot like my brother-in-law. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, yeah, Caesar calls him by his name every time he sees him on screen. He's like, hey. And then it's, it's like, like Ben Wyatt. So, <laughs> yeah, but I won't say his name, even though he doesn't. He like barely is on the internet. He's like, no. But uh, Annie knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Annie knows about her husband's face. <laughs> <laughs> face, yeah. Just like if you stretched Adam Scott out, that's what he looks like. I'm going right. to creep on Annie's Instagram and try to find a picture of him. I don't even know if she has a picture. She, like, is another one who, like, posts four pictures a year and then is like, okay, bye, you'll never see me again. Um, She has cute little white kids with a white man. Oh, no, he's just As you a, do. right at the top of the feed here. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. They went on a um, hike. <laughs> how cute. You look so much okay. like Annie. It's crazy. I look like Annie? Yeah. I don't think we look alike at all. What? I think we look like sisters. Well, okay, I you, don't. you look like sisters for sure. More than you and your sister look like sisters, but <laughs> I don't know. We yeah, we have different faces. Yeah, um, but you have I also think our faces. voices sound the same. Her and I have very similar voices. Her, me, and my mom. But I don't think that at all. But like when I hear, like I can see how you would see that. But I think our cadence is different and mm-hmm. the way we pronounce things. But anyway. That's not interesting. Here you guys we go. have similar teeth. Yeah. Big front, big buck teeth. Wow, your sure. little niece and nephew, nieces and nephew are growing up so fast. I know. It makes me want to sing sad songs. Let's sing sad songs the after we finish. In the cradle in the silver spoon. <laughs> I love them so much. All right, anyway. Okay, we open on. A news anchor and a camera person entering an active crime scene. They're attacked by a man with a half-burned face, and the footage goes out. A group of nine. There are nine hot college students. Too many. There's a lot of them. Alice and Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike. (laughs) There are a lot. Uh, and they are driving through the Appalachian Mountains in West Virginia. Chuck is driving his dad's car to a remote campsite, uh, while a couple of men in an old pickup truck pass them, they look over innocently, sort of, and the women get freaked out. They just they're a confused. bit leery, yeah. <laughs> but they're just like, "What's going on over there?" Um, yeah. The college students realize they forgot beer and stop at an old gas station where the two men, Tucker and Dale, are picking up supplies. Tucker just bought his very own vacation home so and proud is of fixing him. it up. So proud. Uh, he's fixing it up with his good buddy Dale. While Tucker loads up the truck, Dale laments his inability to talk to women and finds one of the college kids, Allison, who's played by, um, I only know her from 30 Rock. Me too. Katerina Katarina Bowden. Um, Dale goes up to say hi to her, but he brings his, like, Sith with him. Why does Scythe? he have I don't know, it? Like, what? Yeah. It's like, he just like, okay, I'm going to go over there and grabs it. Um, Y'all go camping? <laughs> And he ends up scaring them uh, because Tucker advised him to just be himself and smile and laugh no matter what. So yeah, <laughs> he's just so like giggling. Um, I, so Dale is played by Tyler Labine, who's like 
so cute. He's so adorable, so, yeah. So adorable. Uh, and I know he used to be on this show that was, like, written and directed by Kevin Smith, Reaper. Did you ever watch it? No. Yeah, I don't, like, really remember. It was, like, the early to mid-2000s, and it was him and um, that, like, one white kid who was in everything for a little while. Oh, my God, I'm going to forget, even though I watched it. And he has to, he's, like, has to, like, carry out the devil's, he, like, makes a deal with the devil, and he has to, like, carry out things for him. He's, like, sort of, a, like, a little demon minion guy, that but he's also fun. still alive. It was fun. I don't really remember it. It was a very long time ago. Um, but anyway, that's how I know him. Warm fuzzies. Hope he's doing okay. Um, Reaper. Actually, this kind of does look familiar now that I'm looking at the logo. I want to know what it's... I want to watch it again so I can remember all the It things. was on the CW from, yeah. in, like, 2007. So this is, like, recent. Like, it wasn't even the WB anymore. Right. I mean, 2007 was longer ago than... It was 15 years ago. Okay, so we are actually elderly. Okay. We are old, yeah. Um, so, number one douchebag, Chad, threatens Dale... With these, like, karate moves. And then he quickly apologizes, and the kids ride off. As our boys uh, drive to their cabin, they get pulled over by the sheriff. Tucker drops a beer in his lap accidentally, and Dale bends down to pick it up, but gets stuck. Uh, and then his shirt ends up coming off. It seems Very like they slapstick. were... Yeah. yeah, they were having, like, some oral sexy time. And the sheriff gets weird with it and says they shouldn't go to the cabin, and only bad things happen there, and writes them a ticket for a broken taillight. Uh, they get to the cabin, which is run down and full of bones and scary newspaper clippings, but they are ecstatic and excited to have a place of their own. I love that about them. They're just so they happy. So, yeah, they. I would love a cabin like that. I like a fixer-upper. Oh, my God. Should we cover uh, the uh, bonus feed, the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And or the episode of The X-Files that Tyler Labine is in. Is he in? Oh, how cute. cute. Let's do it. Let's do The X-Files, though. And he's in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the 1996 American TV film based on the comic. That's where (laughs) Melissa Joan Hart started her run as Sabrina. Wow, he has a very, very robust filmography. Extensive IBMDB Mm -hmm. page. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um... So when they're in the cabin, Tucker leans on a post and is nearly impaled when a board full of nails falls down. But Dale dives and saves him. Uh, At the kids' camp, Chad tells the group a story of what happened 20 years ago right in these very woods. The Memorial Day Massacre. A group of college kids was attacked by two uh, country hillbilly assailants. One girl was able to escape and the rest just disappeared. Um, The group then decides to go skinny dipping In a nearby lake Because they're like Chad What are you talking about I'm not going in a lake at night Okay if I can't see the bottom If I can't see in the water I don't think so Okay Uh, Yeah there are bugs There are snakes There There could be snapping turtles A fish Like I'm not going in A fish (laughs) A fish can bite your toe I don't know It's a thing uh, while they're alone, Chad comes on to Allison, but she pushes him away and denies him a kiss. 
Uh, Tucker and Dale just happened to be out for a little night fishing and drinking session when they witness Allison up on a boulder taking her clothes off to swim. Dale covers his eyes and yells at Tucker to do the same. This startles Allison, who falls in the lake. Like, Dale, hero at all times. It's like, oh, this isn't I, this consent. Is like a few minutes ago, but Chad was getting a little, like, eugenics-y, too. Like, how they're better than everyone and they're cut from a different cloth. Like, when yeah. he's hitting on Allison, I was like, Rrr. And, I mean, we'll get into it later, but then they're like... Plot twist, he's actually also poor. Ah! The worst thing you can be. He's from Appalachia. Um, So when she doesn't come up, Dale dives into the lake to save her. Tucker calls out to the kids, Chuck and Chloe, um, who's played... Okay, so Chloe is played by... um, I got this. Chillin. Chillin Simmons. Chaylan? 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 Chaylan. And her and the guy who plays Chad, Jesse Moss, are both in Final Destination 3. You don't Did say. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, Chaylan Simmons plays, like, one of the self-tanning, like, bimbo girls who gets uh, suntanned to death. So, well, she, I do remember that. Oh, my God. She Scary scene. has got a little bit typecast. That's too bad for her. I mean, I hope she got that paycheck. She did it a great like, job. Looks she like she's a... had a lot of TV gigs, so I'm happy for her. Good for her. Um, so, so Tucker calls out to Chuck and uh, Chloe that they have their friend. Uh, they get scared and run out of the water and back to the campsite. The next morning, Allison wakes up in Tucker and Dale's cabin, but she is freaked out. Dale has made her pancakes, but when she seems startled, he says he'll go make her something else instead and leaves the room. Very sweet. Very nice, yes. Uh, back at the camp, the kids are all freaked out. Chuck wrongly assumes that they were eating Allison's face. He's just like, and it looked like they were eating her face. It's like, there's That's there was no instance of not this. Not a thing, yeah. Uh, Naomi thinks they should go to the police, but Chad says they don't need them. Chuck leaves to get the cops in his dad's car. Van, truck, SUV. Uh, Dale brings Allison eggs and bacon, and she doesn't remember what happened last night. He explains that he hit, she hit her head and all her friends left her. He assumed they would be back this morning to pick her up, but no one has showed up. Jangers, his dog, is watching over Jangers! Her. I love Jangers. I love him. Uh, he looks mean, but is very sweet. He's just like a big, I don't know dog types, but he's a big boy. So cute. He's a big boy. That's very true. <laughs> um, and he's got one blue eye, one brown eye. So adorbs. Uh, they play, so Dale and Allison play a trivia board game, and Tucker, or what? And Dale is really good. He has an excellent memory. Allison tells him she is studying psychology and thinks the major conflicts in the world are caused by a lack of communication and she wants to be a therapist. She's wrong there, but good try. Yeah, true. Uh, Meanwhile, Tucker is chainsawing Wood outside alone when Mitch, one of the kids who's dressed in like a gas station attendant's shirt, confused by his styling and yeah, Uh, he walks up to the house to try to talk to the men unfortunately at that moment tucker has sawed into a beehive he runs from the hive pursued by the bees but is still holding the chainsaw mitch thinks he's chasing him 
And because he isn't looking where he's going, Mitch impales himself on a fallen tree and uh, dies slowly. I said Mitch runs into a pokey stick. Pokey stick. It's, yeah, like pokey a fallen stick, tree root. Impalement. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's done. I argue, I was having this argument with Caesar while I was watching it, is that like... How could he be running that fast? That's what I said. He's like, adrenaline, you can run really fast. I'm like, you can't okay. run that fast. You can't run 45 miles per hour. You mean like, like 12 miles per hour. Like the force it would take? Hour. Yeah. I think it you would You would just maybe like... hurt yourself. You'd maybe like, like probably collapse a lung or something, but I don't yeah, think you would fully impale through, yourself. It's hard to picture, for sure. Yeah. Um... Mythbusters! Hey, they probably have done this. Someone's debunked this for sure. Yeah, I don't really want to climb into that YouTube K-hole, but I believe that it has happened, yeah. Uh, Tucker comes back covered in stings and upsets and upset so that Dale sad. isn't helping him. He's pouring beer on his beer sti- or his bee stings. But, I mean, just drink it. Don't pour it on. It's not good for them. Uh, he tells Allison he saw one of her friends running through the woods and he must be allergic to bees because he was running like a bat out of hell. <laughs> Dale takes the stingers out of his face and they go to get her friends and tell them she's safe. The kids have found Mitch's body and they think the two men left him there as a sign. Chad doesn't want them to get help or call anyone and thinks this is their opportunity to fight. It's us versus them. He throws an axe, almost hitting Jason in the face. Uh, They hear the guys coming and hide behind some trees. Jason is like a Canadian actor. I know because he's a big uh, CBC, what is it called? Whatever. We're Canadian broadcast television. They have got a lot of like good teen TV shows on Canadian TV. Degrassi? Degrassi head. Yeah. He's played by Brandon J. McLaren, who was in She's the Man, one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, as you know, Rebecca stands. She's I the stand. Man. She's the Man. That's great. Hey, Amanda um, Bynes came back on Instagram recently. Wow. I'm a little worried about her. I hope she's okay. She actually, I think, has a court date coming up for her conservatorship. And her mom is in full support of her. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully she's fine. Okay. And she got her face tattoo removed. Well, I mean, get a face tattoo. You want a face tattoo. I'm not going to, like, a tattoo is a tattoo. Who gives a shit where it is? This whole, like, other people who have tattoos shaming people who have tattoos on their face is, like, who? same shit would have been said to you for having tattoos on your arms Yeah, I don't really care. Like, if somebody wants a face tattoo, I don't want a face tattoo, so I won't get a face tattoo. But you want one, you get one. You go, girl. I do kind of want to get my eyebrows microbladed. You do? I do. I am in full support. I don't know. I feel like thick eyebrows are just going to keep going in and out of style, and I'm just going to keep mine. I'm just going to keep too mine. Tired yeah, have you seen the TikTok? The the youths are uh, the youths. The thin the thin eyebrow thing is coming back. I'm not going to do that. I'm not there, going back. To there was this eyebrows. one I saw. No, I will never do thin eyebrows again. It was like the Pam Anderson filter, and it's like thin eyebrows. And big lips. And this girl was like, I, the Pamela Anderson filter made me make my eyebrows thin. And I was like, girl, we've been there. We've you'll done it. It's not. We all thought you'll it be looked sorry. good on us. It didn't look good on us, okay? It looks good Just on wait. Pam Anderson. It looks good on 4% of the population. Exactly. 
and we can't all follow. Okay, Pam Anderson, Rose McGowan specifically, Rose McGowan. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> and um, two other people I can't name. But it's it's you shouldn't do it. Like not not us. Just don't uh, risk it. It'll take you years and years to recover. I know. Your eyebrows will never be the same. They'll grow in in weird directions. I used to pluck the tufts out, you know, because I have the tufts. Yeah, me too. And so I used to pluck my tufts away, and I had eyebrows that were like three quarters of the size they're supposed to be. And it was just wrong, you guys. It was wrong. I used to take full razor, like full ladies razor, just straight oh, down the middle. Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Oh, man. Yeah, there was, yeah, this girl in my middle school who was, like, the tough chick who I wanted to be, right? And she did just, it was, like, not even half eyebrows. It was just, like, teeny little ends. It's like, that, I want to, you know, I want to be cool like no, that. No, I'm fine to be, mm-hmm. like, a fuddy-duddy. I'm going to continue having eyebrows. I'm going to wear high-waisted pants. I'm going to keep yeah, my no. eyebrows. I Same. I'm not going back. I can't do it. I kind of um, want to get lip filler, though. You do? Kind of. Do it. Do what you want. Maybe in, you know, like 20 years, when mine start to fade, I'll think about it. Okay. I'll be there for you whenever you decide. You tell me how it went <laughs> then. Um, oh, come on. We're not going to be alive in 20 years. <laughs> everything will be collapsing. Um, we'll be, like, out hunting. It'll be, like, rubbing bee bee venom on our lips yeah i was gonna about to say speaking of ways to really plump up your plump natural up. skin um t- so the, I, yeah isn't that like what's in some they do it in like bird's bees stuff i think so yeah unethical um so oh yeah you, okay, you're so, not vegan right you eat honey yeah i eat honey yeah normally oh, yeah. just like local honey if i can get it I don't feel like it's a, I don't, I mean, I like don't, would never say like someone shouldn't do something they believe in that's not harming people, but I don't know. Do bees not like making honey? I think it's the way you get the honey from the bees. It's like you have to do it ethically. You like, I don't know. It's just like everything else. You're like, oh, is it easier to kill them? Yeah, probably. Bye. You know. Yeah. Local honey seems like a better bet. Um, I want to from like a weird beekeeper who's like in love with his bees. That's what I want. But anyway. I could see uh, you keeping bees. I don't like bees. I don't, I I, you know, you I respect the... bees from a distance. I'm glad you're here. Same with spiders. Glad you're here. Glad you're around. Thank you I for your time. Thank you for out. your service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your service. I don't um, have a problem with a bee. I think when people encounter a bee and they react in a way where it's like, you're more likely to bring the bee's wrath down upon you if you start, like, becoming upset. I think the best thing you can do when encountering a bee is keep cool, you know? They can smell my fear um, or my, like, discomfort. I just, like, whenever it's, like, flying stuff really freaks me out. It's, like, an involuntary. I just, like, shrink and then, like, I get run what you away. Mean. Like, why can't you do that? Have you heard about the new spiders? This happened, like, merely a day too late. After we recorded arachnophobia. Uh, Yeah, there's like a new species of spiders that uh, can now drop. They're like 
they're able to drop out of trees and like just like propel themselves down onto your head essentially it's like an invasive species coming to the northeast they're pretty big but thankfully their pinchers are so small that their venom can't hurt us well that's good I'm glad I'm not in the Northeast. It's a great reason to stay here in this town that's been rejecting me for the past 10 years, slowly. <laughs> uh, I was just watching a TikTok that was like, things that aren't cops but have cop energy, and one of them was like, the city of Boston. And I was like, fair. Yeah. That's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> Back the um, blue energy, for sure. Oh, God. Um. So. Boston just makes it so hard to love it. It's true. I mean, I yeah, I love Boston. I miss Boston. It's got its problems that Listen, Bostonians is... do not want to talk about. Yeah. And or people like who people... aren't from Boston who are from Medford and want to pretend like they're from them. Yeah, exactly. But, like, there people feel like people from other cities, like me. I've had friends from New York be like, there's no racial diversity in Boston. Like, there is definitely racial diversity in Boston. Uh, it's just gentrification is hitting in like a different way and more rapidly because we're a smaller city like Mm. with so much like access young people have so much access to wealth like basically there's just this never-ending stream of college kids that come in supported by generational money and then they get Uh like a six-figure job right out of college and then they yeah exactly and they buy apartments and rent apartments and they price the rest of us out and then 10 years later they decide they want to move to the suburbs with their family so then they just spread the sprawl further driving the costs up absolutely everywhere and -hmm. it's just this constant stream of young professionals just like ruining our city not that i'm not but i don't know i'm poor right so i mean Technically, we're all poor. The Our wealth disparity is fucking insane. Even these, like, terrible young professional BC graduates are, like, whatever. But Harvard graduates. Ugh. Ugh. Harvard. But anyway. Just, I- there's so many people in this city that make it difficult to love it. But there are also grassroots activists that really believe in this town and... I don't know. I think there's hope for us yet. Yeah. Sure. I agree. Well, there's hope for us all, right? Do you see this the problem happening? The dead in my eyes look just like I'm so tired of living here. I'm so tired of living. Just kidding. No, you're not. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. We're in the woods. Uh, Chad threw an axe and almost hit Jason in the face. He's he's uh, becoming unhinged, yeah. He's like, getting worse and worse. He's got young professional vibes written all over him. He definitely works at State Street. Uh, they that's hear the for, guys. That's for the Boston shorties. The financial district. Yeah. Uh, they hear the guys coming and hide behind some trees. Dale tells Decker about... Tucker about beating Allison at the board game, but the kids misunderstand and think he's going to kill her. Tucker calls out to them, but he's his beast saying, Cards! College cards! College <laughs> um, And no one answers, and they leave a note on a fallen tree with Chad's little hatchet that reads, We got your friend. Um, very nice handwriting for a quick message hacked into a log. Right. That would have taken a long time. Tucker feeds uh, some trees into a wood chipper while da- Dale and Allison dig a shitter hole for an outhouse. 
Uh, she isn't like the other girls. Did you know? Because she grew up on yes, a farm. Yes, she grew up on a farm. She's dug a shitter hole before. Uh, the kids spy on them and think they are making Allison dig her own grave, which is just like, she's like, they're like merrily talking and he's like helping her out of the hole. And so like, yeah. no, this is not a dangerous situation. Uh, Chad directs them all to attack from different sides. Uh, Dale spots Chloe and Naomi running through the woods and calls out to them as Todd runs at them from behind with a spear. Allison sees him, tries to push Dale out of the way, but Dale hits her in the head with his uh, shovel, and they both fall into the hole, and Todd impales himself on the spear and dies right on top of Dale. Traumatic experience. Very traumatic. Dale's not well. Uh... See, this makes a little more sense, sort of, except for, like, he doesn't impale himself on the pointy end of the spear. It's on the other end. Again. There's an, I would say from the falling into the shitter hole, there's enough, like, force. Grav- gravitational impale. force. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Huh. As opposed to Mitch, who came in to the broken stump from the side. Yeah, so it was only Physics. his own... It was only his own running like the force he was of his propelling himself physical strength yeah no gravity was supporting him in his quest to impale himself this is a scientific podcast backed by science this okay. is all about gravity <laughs> discovered by sir isaac newton in a year of yeah. indeterminate you know i can't no one can know what year it was don't ask I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't. I did go to college, but I only took one science class. I did go to college. Okay, I have a BFA in illustration, so don't <laughs> everyone <all> <laughs> just chill out. I have it together. I have everything we need over here. <laughs> um, this is who we need in a crisis. <laughs> Mike uh, goes to attack Tucker, who's like near the wood chipper from behind, but leaps over him. Uh, and directly into the wood tripper, Tucker tries to pull him out, but is unsuccessful. I would say <laughs> maybe flip the switch earlier. Like, don't try to pull, flip the switch, you know? What Not, you- it probably would still be too late, but. <laughs> no, I think once your face is in a wood chipper, that's, you've, you've sung end. your final note. But when he goes, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. It's a fun, oh god, this movie is funny. This movie um, does have a lot of good one-liners. It really tickles my funny bone. Uh, Dale carries Allison back to the house. Uh, she's still unconscious. They share their recent horrors, uh, Tucker and Dale do, and speculate that the kids came out of the woods as part of a suicide cult. Uh, Dale goes, or Dale wants to go to the police, but Tucker admits that it's a crazy, unbelievable story that that like no one in their right mind would like blindly believe them. Uh, and instead, they try to clean up the mess by themselves. The kids are all freaked out, but Chad thinks they are being pussies for being scared over a few little murders. He says um, he sees this as an opportunity to shirk societal expectations and be free mm-hmm. from rules. He has red flags, red flags, snapped. baby. Yeah, I think this uh, is the moment where you're like, I think we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. They hear sirens, and Chuck is heading back with the sheriff. Jason, Allison, and Naomi get uh, to the cruiser. They, like, run to the road, get to the cruiser, and head to the cabin with the sheriff. Chad uh, stays behind lurking in the woods with his little hatchet. Just as Tucker and Dale are dragging Mike's legs from their wood chipper, the kids pull up. 
Tucker explains the situation to the sheriff. He is skeptical, but agrees to see Allison in the cabin. He thinks our boys are facing manslaughter charges and leans on the bad post and is impaled in the head with a board of nails. He stumbles out of the door and gets to the cruiser, tries to radio for help, but falls down dead. Chuck gets out of the car and picks up the sheriff's gun. He points it at Tucker and Dale, but Dale points out that he still has the safety on. Uh, Chuck goes to switch it off, but points the gun at his face, accidentally fires, and kills himself. Uh, Chuck runs up, takes the gun... Or Chad, I'm sorry. Chad runs up, takes the gun, and shoots at our boys, but misses, and they run inside and lay on the floor to hide. Chad has captured Jangers and threatens to shoot him unless they give up Allison. Dale distracts them by shooting out the window with a nail gun, while Tucker sneaks around, uh, covering himself with a single pine branch, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then ends up freeing Jangers. Chad sees him, though, and all the kids give chase. They capture him and hang him upside down from a tree as a trap. Chad chops off two of his fingers. His bowling fingers. His bowling fingers. Uh, Allison wakes up and Dale tells her about the whole situation and asks if her friends are off their meds. They bang on the door and she assumes it's a big misunderstanding. She sees all of the bodies on the front lawn and notices a package on the porch. It's Tucker's two fingers wrapped in his shirt with a note that reads, now we got your friend, try and get him. Allison thinks, again, that this can all be resolved. No, wrong. Uh, Dale rightly thinks the kids misjudged him as a stupid, scary hillbilly and vows to save his friend. He finds Tucker hung from the tree, narrowly avoids the trap. Um, that was is like a spear set to uh, shoot the rescuer and is able to free him. Chad and Naomi come to the cabin, but Allison assures them she's safe uh, and that Tucker and Dale haven't done anything to her. Chad wants to burn the cabin down and begins dousing the room in gasoline. When Allison tries to defend them, Naomi speculates she has Stockholm Syndrome and has fallen in love with Dale. Uh, Chad is outraged by this and puts the axe to, or the little hatchet thingy, to Allison's throat. The boys return, and Allison makes some tea and wants them to sit down and talk it out. It's not chamomile, though. It's Earl Grey. Not chamomile Earl Grey, please. Uh, Chad tells the Memorial Day Massacre story again, this time admitting. Stop. Tucker makes a pretty good joke about finger sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I'll provide the (laughs) finger sandwiches. Okay, now you can uh, move on. <laughs> it's He's also, like, de- everyone is delightful. Alan Tudick. 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 Who I think yeah. has had the best post-career. He really isn't getting older, is he? He looks, he looks the, same. the same. He's Yeah, I've seen the commercial for that, Have you like, seen resident alien. No. He's, mar- he's married to a woman that looks exactly like him. You have to look it up. It's really funny. Ah! Okay, let's pause. Google break. You all at home, Google along with us. Alan Tudyk wife. Oh my god, they do look very similar. They look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. I I didn't think there was another person in the world that had his face because he has such a like unique face, but yeah. His wife does. Here yeah. we go. There's like a scientific reason why. Listen, I don't. This is a science podcast now. Um, why like people, why you like, most people, people choose. Like them? 
marry people that look like you and choose friends that look like you. It's like a weird, like, uh, sort of narcissistic twist on things. I so feel funny. I've done the opposite. All of my friends look very different. All of, like, my... Yeah. Adam doesn't look like me at all. Caesar, like, we both have black hair and brown eyes, but our faces, wildly different. Very our body different, types, yeah. wildly different. Yeah, it's like, we look nothing alike. It's very I do weird. have, like, I have a few friends that are fatties like me. Um, all, you know. Yeah, if you line, like up, line up all friends. my friends, uh, yeah, they all look, they've got different body types, different hair and faces and racial and ethnic backgrounds and makeups. But I anyway. don't have a lot of friends that are blondes, I would say. In the past, I have had, yeah, blonde friends. For oh, sure. I guess I have blonde friends. I was just thinking kind of specifically of my book club, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway. Any hoodle. I, that's uh, interesting. Alan, I hope you're, you and your doppelganger are <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so we're at Finger Sandwiches. Yes, Chad's going to tell them about the Memorial Day Massacre. Yeah, so he starts telling the story again. He admits his parents were there and were taken captive. His dad had to watch his mom, um, who was allegedly already pregnant with him, be tortured, but she was able to survive. She was institutionalized, and he was raised by his grandmother and grew up hearing this story from her. Grandma, what are you doing? Stop. That's just a weird story to tell a child. Don't do yeah. it. Uh, she probably has some classism in her as well. Uh, Dale apologizes for his loss, but says he has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with him because he would have been six years old at the time. And uh, Chad says it may not have been him, but it was his kind. Jason and Chloe are are spying They're, outside. They're coming they, in. They see them sipping tea, and he believes they're trapped somehow, even though um, there's no indications of that. Yeah, they're just they, chilling. They're just hanging out, sipping tea. Uh, they storm in. Jason attacks Tucker with a weed whacker, but he ducks, and Jason saws into Naomi accidentally instead. Chad uh, flips the table and pins Dale to the floor, trying to chop him with his trademark hatchet. Allison tries to stop him, but he hits her. Knocking her to the ground, Tucker punches him, and he drops the hatchet. Chad throws a lantern at them, but misses and hits Jason, whose pant leg catches fire. Uh, Chloe tries to put it out, throwing moonshine on him, which only makes it worse. He dies um, like a pretty drawn-out death. Uh, Chloe sits down to have a cigarette next to the gasoline cans, uh, and then the gasoline that Chad had splashed around earlier causes fire line to lead straight for her, and she goes up in flame. Tucker, Dale, and Allison run out of the cabin. Chad tries to follow, but Naomi, who is still alive, grabs his ankle. He falls to the floor. He calls her a nasty bitch, and the cabin is engulfed in flames. She could have lived. Her face didn't look that fucked up to me. Caesar. So, the three survivors see Chad emerge from the flames with a half-burned face and his hatchet. They run for the truck and manage to drive away, but Dale isn't looking where he's going and runs into some fallen trees that really need to be taken care of. They're causing It's just a lot mayhem. of trees causing havoc in this film. Yes. Uh, he comes to with Jangers licking his face. Tucker is bleeding and injured. 
Uh, he tells him that Chad took Allison and he should go save her. He tells Dale he is smarter and better than he thinks and hopes that when it's all over, he and Allison can go on a date. So sweet. Jangers leads Dale over to an old lumber mill where Chad has tied Allison to a saw rig. I don't know what the official name for it is. It's like an old timey thing. Like in old Batman cartoons where like a saw is moving. It's like a ta- table, a table saw? Table saw, Ta- saw table? I guess. Saw table. Table, okay, so the saw is in a table. And you and can the wheel things. towards the saw, yeah. I called it a saw rig. I Am I wrong? Saw Probably, rig. Probably, but that's what it's called in my notes. Uh, he forces a kiss on her, Chad forces a kiss on Allison, and then licks her face. So gross. Uh, Dale breaks the door down and suits up in a in like welding gear, brandishing a chainsaw. He tries untying her, but is struggling. Chad gets uh, on an intercom that is still functional, uh, threatens them, and starts up the saw rig. Chad drops down, and he and Dale fight while Allison is still tied up. And heading towards the saw, Dale throws an axe at the perfect angle to cut Allison's rope, and she's free. Dale fights Chad with the chainsaw, but just throws it at him, and he and Allison run up to the second floor, locking Chad out. When in the Dale office. and Chad fight, uh, Dale goes, bring it, frat bitch. And I really laughed at that. <laughs> Great line. Um, in the office of the mill, Allison finds a newspaper about the Memorial Day Massacre. The picture of the killer. It's the first thing she picks up. Oh, my God. <laughs> right on top of the stack. Uh, the picture of the killer getting led away by the c- c- cops just looks like Chad um, in like a straw hat. Uh, the article reads that the lone survivor was raped by the killer. Uh, Chad chainsaws his way up to the second floor and goes to attack Dale, but they show him the article and say that he is half hillbilly himself. Dale throws chamomile tea on him because he's alert. He's got asthma. He falls out of the window and seems dead. We see the reporter from the beginning on the TV. She reports on the scene saying that it appears to be a mass suicide of mentally unstable college kids and one deranged killer who is yet to be found. Dale uh, has brought Tucker a beer, a PBR, in the hospital. He's had surgery to replace his fingers. Uh, one of them has got a red nail on it. I think Super it's cute. Chloe's. <laughs> Uh, and but he's doing well. Dale takes Allison on a bowling date with his friend BJ. BJ goes off to talk to a girl at the next table over. Dale gives Allison a pink helmet as a gift and they kiss. In the background, BJ punches the girl and drags her body off. Don't know why we and needed this. The end. I could have done without it, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Very oh confused. my god, do I love this movie. I think, so, I've seen it a few times. It made me giggle as much this time as it did the first couple of times I saw it. And, yeah, yeah Alan Tudyk is super funny, um, and so is Tyler Labine. It's just, like, a delight. And I feel like, yeah, there's a lot to unpack, but I think it's, it's like, still, like, a subversive enough comment on class for what it is you know for right. what it I mean, is it was like i mean yeah it's like a funny horror comedy it was 2010 you know a lot of movies at the time were still like outrightly maligning and are still maligning 
people people of a lower class and i think that's like a very easy the hills have eyes last house on the left every horror movie yeah 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 where poor people are bad people poor people are scary hillbillies appalachia people who live in appalachia are bad so i think it is very easy um to malign appalachia for sure and to put it on the record, I've heard people say Appalachia and Appalachia, and I don't know what the right way is. So we're just going to use both so we cover all our bases. Rebecca, yeah, Appalachia. you stick with Appalachia. I'll go with Appalachia. Okay. <laughs> uh, Appalachia just sounds, sound, I think it's like maybe my voice, but it sounds weird coming out of Appalachia. Appalachia. Sounds weird coming out of my mouth. So Appalachia. So um, Appalachia has basically been exploited by like elitist millionaires since it's like existence so there's so many forces that come together in Appalachia to make it kind of like rife for the kind of like exploitation of the media people in Appalachia have experienced because um obviously it's an extremely impoverished area impoverished area of the company uh and the reason for that is that there are many absentee landowners controlling Uh, Appalachian resources and extracting them so we know that is coal mining essentially so they use locals as the vehicle to accomplish like the shitty part of what this does and they also essentially establish single industry economies so that they control populations of Appalachian towns because they have no choice but to rely on the coal industry. Um, many, many people got the black lung and many, many people were subject to unethical practices by Johns Hopkins and other major hospitals that made it really difficult for them to access the benefits that they were supposed to get from, you know, the government when black lung occurred. Uh, and also you may have heard of this sort of like culture of poverty myth that you sort of see in like this movie, which is like, well, they're poor and hillbilly-esque because they choose to be. So they Mm. like, there's this sort of culture of laying blame at the feet of Appalachians for the circumstances that they experience. And the, it's like basically poverty porn. Um, There've been several like documentaries made about Appalachia, including one that sort of like started this whole kick off in 1964 uh, called Christmas in Appalachia, which is basically like this heartstrings like TV special made by this guy, Charles Kuralt, who um, just put like essentially like images of impoverished Appalachians on TVs Mm -hmm. across America to sort of like heartstring uh, people. And this is sort of in the start of the war on poverty. But in actuality, Appalachia has a rich cultural history, including like lots of pro-union activists, including black coal miners who are all but erased from the narrative uh, when you see movies like this where it's like white hillbillies living in this circumstance because they choose it for themselves. Uh, And then, of course, there's like the addiction um, that runs rampant in Appalachia. And actually, weirdly enough, for my workbook club, did I tell you how I read Empire of Pain by um, Patrick Radden Keefe about the Sackler dynasty? Yeah. This is something that comes up in that book because Appalachia is one of the places that is most heavily affected by uh, opioid addiction because people legitimately get prescribed pain medication because they suffer like debilitating injuries and the coal mines and shit and then they become addicted because it's a like narcotic and then there's this culture of being like well they're immoral they're impoverished like their addiction is their own fault and on top of all of this, Appalachia has been consistently weaponized as uh, a vehicle to dispel white privilege. So there's like 
tons of like really crazy like class race uh addiction like all these place things are intersecting in this one like part of america that's possibly one of the most like underserved places in our entire continental u.s and then sort of yeah an excuse to like people living without resources is like oh well they could just move again it's like they have to leave their the homes and the places they've lived and their parents and their grandparents have yeah lived. there's a lot of like people that have been in Appalachia for generations and it's mm-hmm. like it's more of like a cultural binder than a lot of other people that have lived you know like my family is from like what Connecticut like it's not the same thing and yeah I think like I don't know poor poor Issues of class, issues of poverty, of addiction, of race, um, of sexism, of misogyny all intersect. Uh, and I don't know, do white people suffering is an excuse to be like, well, it's okay because white people are suffering too. It's like, mm, yeah, wrong. And like, yes, Appalachia is, it's not primarily white. There are a lot of like BIPOC that live there and a lot of BIPOC that have worked and like fought for unionization alongside their white counterparts like as members of the coal industry but it's true that this is like one of the most impoverished places in the country and also there has been like a long history of basically making caricatures out of the people that are kind of like fucking fighting for their lives in Appalachia like when you look at a movie like Wrong Turn comes to mind like they're crossing through West Virginia, I'm pretty sure, and, like, inbred hillbillies are trying to murder them. Like, the inbred hillbilly uh, is, like, a, like, archetype that is, has roots, like, in Appalachia, definitely. I mean, you even... Know? What? You, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say, even in, like, Cabin in the Woods is, like, yeah, inbred totally. hillbilly is the name of, like, the people the group of monsters they set on them. And I don't know. It's just media is powerful and important and movies are like a way that people interpret things. The Hills Have Eyes is like the big one for me is like that's an excuse to treat people badly um, and not give them the resources uh, that should be provided to everyone. Fucking class, man. And so this movie does like – uh, does point that out that like it's part of our cultural bias. Uh, frat boys, rich, white college students, mostly white college students equal good. Yeah. Poor hillbillies equal bad, and that uses those kids' cultural bias against them. Yeah. There and, like, are Dale and Allison have a moment when he's about to go find Tucker, where they do like have an almost meaningful conversation about implicit bias and why, like, yeah, we thought you looked creepy. Like. Right. Because you looked creepy. Because you're poor, basically. And, like, you're not clean-shaven. Like, you have markers of poverty on you. So that made us think you were sketchy, you know? Yeah. And that Dale is movie fat. And that's, like, another, like, sloppy, fat. Yeah. Poor hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with, like, the cut-off sleeves and the overalls, like, the trucker hat. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, like, ideal body type for me. me Give me a real fat. Come on. (laughs) Give me a real fat hillbilly. Also, there could have been black people in this movie. Like, black people do live in Appalachia. There could have been. Although, like, Where are these college... 
I want to know what college they're from. What are know, they like, from? West like, Virginia? Are they from... A lot of these actors are Richmond? Canadian. Like, I don't get it. Like, how far is Richmond from Appalachia? Um, I just have no idea. Richmond, but, yes. to West Virginia. We have um, two of our college kids, our hot young college kids, are people of color. Jason, so played by Brandon J. McLe- McLaren, as I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his last McLaurin. And Naomi, played by Christy Lang. Ever, all of these people in this movie have pr- hard to pronounce names. Even yeah. Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk. They are definitely uh, super tokenized. Uh, oh yeah, not yeah, a lot like, of them are. A lot of the college. There's nine college kids. Most of them are cannon fodder. Right? Yeah, that's like and most kind of the, ones of the that joke. Are cannon of it. fodder are white men, which is nice. Goodbye, white. Yeah, men. there's a lot of white uh, men in the group. I will say, like, yeah, I, is like the tokenization of BIPOC something that's like tongue in cheek and self aware? Because there are a lot of like horror movie tropes that are self-aware like I think Allison being the hot girl is something that is like they're keeping like a level of self-awareness and self-consciousness while also allowing her to like still be really hot on screen you know Mm -hmm. so it feels like all of these things like oh yeah we get it like we're tokenizing black people because that's what happens in horror movies this is meta yeah Yeah, it's like meta but it's like not meta yeah exactly and Would a it be more like, subversive in a different way if you saw it from a from not a white man's perspective? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, there are a couple like I noticed when Chloe and Jason are outside, and Chloe like argues with Jason about someone. He's like, "Damn it, woman!" And he's like, they're delivering one liners that are consistent with like what a black person on screen in a horror movie should be serving as, which is like comic relief, basically. And like when uh, he. I was just going to say, not another teen movie reference and a scary um, movie reference is that, like, yeah, black men in movies are allowed to say, damn. Yeah, right. That's whack. It's like, yeah, those are his lines. Yes. And um, Naomi and Jason apparently are a couple, which you find out at the, like, he, 11th hour. He calls her baby when he hacks into when her When he face. accidentally murders her. Uh, but yeah, they both have pretty violent on-screen deaths, which contextually, like, so do the consistent others. With, it's consistent, mm-hmm. but it still, like, gives you the ick a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, watching a black man burn alive hits very different than watching a white man impale himself on a branch. I would say so. And you feel, you know what I mean? Like, Jason inadvertently murders his own partner like mm-hmm. come on there's like a little subtext there you know she was fully alive she was like in an excruciating amount of pain i'm sure but like she had like a scratch on her face <laughs> she wasn't she didn't get sawed in the in the back of the skull uh, it was her it was face a flesh wound flesh wound yeah um oh, excuse me i had to burp i always have to burp or fart I also think of the three women, um, we, I think we've got our token woman of color who gets the it. least amount of lines. Our we slut. have our Chloe, our slut. Um, and then even Naomi like points out that she's wearing her stripper heels, which I would argue against because they're like slip on tiny little kitten heels. They're but not they're, even they're like a wedge. They're like a vacation yeah. wedge. They're not camping she's- appropriate, but I don't know. Um, and then we have our virginal 
hot blonde, not like the other girls. She's Allison. so cool. She knows how to dig a shitter hole. Yeah. Uh, and they are all sexualized. Um, Allison is still an object. They still put her in very little clothing. We see her like as an object of Dale's affection. Um, we see her without her clothes on multiple times. Uh, she has to wear her pants like rolled down so you can see her hip bones at a certain point mm-hmm. is like, again, is like, oh, we get it. We're objectifying a woman, but we're also still objectifying a woman because we think it's fun and funny. Yeah, so. exactly. And like, oh, but we're giving her space to like have character development around her desire to be a therapist. And like, she's not like other girls because she sees fat past Dale being movie fat and accepts him for who he is. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it leaves something to be desired, especially like with the women's relationships to each other, which are non-existent, you know? <laughs> Yeah, they don't, yeah, there's not a lot of, like... um, And then at the end of the movie, like, because, like, in space, to put us in space and time, uh, Tucker is watching a newscast about something that happened the night before. Like, all these murders and shit happened the night before, right? Mm -hmm. In the hospital. And yet, uh, Allison and Dale are going on a bowling date that night when, like, eight of her friends just got mass murdered. Like, like, you need <laughs> some time. Like, maybe yeah. they weren't the best of friends, but yeah, maybe take a night to yourself. Yeah, like, innocent people died in weird accidental... Like, it was really intense. Yeah. It's kind of strange, but yeah. The women and in, don't have a lot of character development. Well, we know, like, Naomi's smart or something. I think there's, like, a moment where she says something from a textbook or, like... They're like, oh, we know you're pre-med or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, But they, yeah, there's, and then Chloe, the slut, gets no. She, like, smokes cigarettes, so she's bad. It made me want a cigarette, honestly. (laughs) The way she's, like, stuttering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was like, I can pull up that thing. I don't don't know what brand they are. She just pulled them single, single cigarettes Little from her Lucy's bag. Little like, Lucy's out of her bag, yeah. But the way she was smoking uh, them, I was like, give it to me, I'll smoke it correctly. <laughs> I'll light it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending is very bizarre with BJ and what appears to be high school girls. Um, and then he punches one and carries her off. Why? Was yeah, that necessary? Why? What was like, that? It just you just, like, like, undid. Undid all of the, like, yeah, placemaking and, like, work the movie just did. Kind of strange, for sure. Very strange. Um, what are you looking at? Is your dog eating? The dog, the dog is awake and alive. Bartleby, do you have something to say? Arf, arf, Bartleby. Arf, he might be hungry. Aren't um, we all? I said a trigger word. Um, he's stretching it out right now. Good boy. Um... What else was I? I was going to say something else about this. Oh, I want to know somebody who's like better at like critiquing movies and reviewing movies and knows more about cinema history is like, what is the term for a relationship between a movie fat white man and like a traditionally attractive white woman? It's like the Seth Rogen effect is what oh, I'm going to call it. Yeah, there are, it's like totally a thing. Like this is the King of Queens. King of Queens syndrome. Like you totally see it on 90s shows all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I I don't know that there has to be like a real term. But yeah, it just seems I, yeah, reductive. I see what you're saying. It's super reductive. 
And, like, why can't we see fat women with, that, like, traditionally attractive men on screen? Why? The li- the thing I was thinking was, like, okay, so what is the counterpoint to the Seth Rogen effect? Is the Amy Schumer effect, who is a size 8, yeah, number one. Yeah, they're, like, Not even oh, movie she's fat. she's so fat, yeah. But she also, like, got these roles for, like, a very small amount of time in the late 2000s of, like... Yeah, totally. She would, like... But we never got anything farther than that. And we I and it's it not like, it's always has to be a thing, right? It's yeah. never like she's just, just in a like relationship. A, like she's, Yeah, just like a common yeah. occurrence. Fartles. Uh, there's like I guess there's like eighty Brian and Shrill is like some version of that. Hey, I got a cat, you got a dog. Blue just came to see me. Okay, I just kicked him out for a few minutes. Hi, Blueberry. Hi, Blue Boy. You good boy. Um, I haven't watched Shrill. Have you? It's good. Um, you say hi? Hi. Come here, guy. Isn't he so cute? He's so Very handsome. cute. You're so handsome. You big boy. Um, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of the things that she cut are, like, in the discourse of Shrill are, like, definitely relatable, I think, for fat women, by and large. Would by worldwide, like you know, you are dating a guy that's traditionally attractive or like perceives himself as traditionally attractive, and he like thinks he's doing you a favor, or like, oh, you're the mm-hmm. biggest girl I've ever been with, or like, I can't believe I'm attracted to you, even though you're fat, and like hides you from his friends, like all of these things that come along with being like a fat woman, woman, and like having men be attracted to you, but then like ashamed of their attraction to you. Uh, which I feel like you don't see that in the, like, Seth Rogen effect because it's like, oh, well, he's, like, a big, lovable teddy bear. But when right. you apply it, like, when you flip the script and it's, like, a, you know, regular, like, straight-sized guy attracted to a fat woman, it's, like, a source of shame and disgust that he ha- he has these feelings inside of himself, you know? And I feel like it has to be the point of the story is, like, him overcoming Yeah, his, exactly. Like, his, shallow uh, hell, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's, and that's, like, Jack Black, who's also movie fat. So, like... Yeah, exactly. Like... The fuck? The fuck. Yeah, it sucks. Like... But, yeah, Shrill made me, like, cry when it came out because I was like, man, someone is, like putting voice to the experiences of so many fat women, like, uh, everywhere with this show. Mm. And it's, it has problems, but, like, generally, it's, like, <gasps> it is, um, it is a win for fatties. Um, I think I have to tend to the dog. Um, All right, I think but... we're, we're about done anyway. Uh, anything else you want to say about Oh, this? I just want to say I like seeing healthy male friendships on screen. I yes, wish we could too. see more of that. I love Tucker and Dale's love. It makes me feel like fuzzy and warm inside. Oh, and this movie you can watch for free on Tubi. That's where I watched yeah. it. Yeah, commercials weren't that good or weren't that long either. No, they weren't. So they were it was that pretty frequent. mild. Uh, what um, were you gonna say? I was just gonna say that we didn't talk a lot about uh, the queer coding of Tucker. Um, yeah, he, there's a like, little homophobia in this movie too. Like, there's yeah. some small. Like starbursts of homophobia, um, the weird blowjob joke. Yeah, and the like, college, the the, yeah, the college kids in the beginning. Like, does it make you gay if you think about doing this? I'm like, yeah. And then Tucker and Dale's like scene in the truck that was 
obviously supposed to, like, delegitimize them with the cop, which is, like, stupid. Right. Um, yeah, it was and just kind of, like, offhand and weird and, like, not necessary. Like, just because two men are close in a movie, you don't have to make gay jokes. But, like, there weren't that many gay jokes about them outside of just that one, like, gag that wasn't that great. And yeah. but other than that, Alan Tudyk's queer coding isn't, like, it's not supposed to make him bad or, like, other him. It's just, like, there, you know? Right. I just, yeah, it's, like, can't, I want something not to be coded. I want it to be out Explicit. Loud. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, one day, maybe we'll get there. But, uh... Would I you do... like to hear a piece of trivia before we go? Give it to me. And this will relate to a future episode, as discussed earlier. Uh, Tyler Labine, um, and, sorry, towards the end of the movie when Tucker and Dale are reminiscing about catching frogs at the creek, Dale mentions that he used to lick them, and Tyler Labine actually did lick a toad in a small role he had on The X-Files, Quagmire, ah! 14 years prior. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. Aw, Cute. All right, from our toad lickers to yours, have a great week. Uh, oh, wait, so we you, have to... What do you want oh. to fuck this week? Oh, yeah, okay, that's where we're heading. Yeah, just um, have a little faith in me, sister. I'm sorry, the way you said it was so, like, succinct. I thought we were ready to exit. Shockingly succinct for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know, what, fuck uh, classism. classism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poverty fuck, porn. fuck poverty porn, fuck the op- opioid academic epidemic and the Sackler family they are real that's pharmaceuticals bro. yeah big pharma you guys are bad you're bad people bad people yeah um, fuck uh tokenization of BIPOC fuck hypersexualizing like 22 year olds kind of weird super weird yeah fuck misogyny and objectification and like hints at fat phobia because again none of the women in this movie are fat they're very thin. Very uh, thin. And fuck Tyler Levine in a nice way. He's a in cutie. A nice way. Cutie with a booty. Uh, so we can be found on Instagram at spooky succubus underscore cast. Uh, all our shits are there for the link tree. And next week we're going to do Stir of Echo. So strap in because it's Kevin Bacon time. Get ready for me to disagree with Abby about Kevin Bacon's attractiveness because Such... I think it's at a zero. I don't understand it. I can't even argue because I'm holding in a fart. And if I get too excited, I'm going to fart so loud on camera. Okay. I mean, uh, what do you call this? Mike. Mike. All right. Um, stay ugly. And get fucked. Bye. By Kevin Bacon. Okay, bye. <laughs>